Hello, welcome and kumustan. Thank you for joining me today. My name is Hao. I am your occupational therapist. In this episode, we will be talking about strength. That is right, guys. So I can't believe that after so many episodes and a lot of episodes that I've done with you, I have not talked about strength, isn't it? So strength is what? What do we know about strength? So strength, when you are talking about strength, you are talking about individual muscle activity. You're talking about individual muscular activity. And you are talking about the effort of that muscle to move against resistance. Okay, so again, there's a few factors to consider. When you're talking about strength, you're talking about individual muscles. And you are talking about the resistance that this muscle is able to exert uh, against resistance. Yeah, or the effort that this muscle is able to exert against resistance. So that is strength. So what does this mean? What does it imply? For a therapist to be able to quantify strength, you need to have a knowledge of the muscle. And you need to have a knowledge of the movement or the action of the muscle that you are testing. That's one. The next thing that you need to do is you need to be able to quantify the resistance that the muscle is doing. And one of the very popular one that's being used in the United Kingdom is this Oxford scale, which is a scale from... Uh, zero to five. Okay, so I'll run it by with you very quickly. So zero is no movement at all. Okay, in other words, it's flaccid. No movement. When you ask the person to move, they cannot do it at all. So that is zero. One, there is a flicker of muscular activity. So flicker, meaning if you observe it, you can see that there's this muscular fasciculations. So there's this tiny effort that the muscles is almost like to a point that it's shaking. So that is a flicker. And two would be any movement of that muscle, but it is in an incomplete range. Yeah, so you get them to move but it's an incomplete range, then that's a two. Three is what you would give when a person can move the muscle or the joint in full range. And we're going to talk about this relationship between the muscle and the joint, you know, later. So that's three. So the marker here in the tip is that three is a full range. Four is when the person can move the muscle in perhaps full range and then they can have some resistance it's very difficult because four is not quantified it's not quantified whether it's mild or moderate resistance but an element of resistance and this resistance how would you know that it is it's a little bit weaker compared to the other side yeah and a normal muscular strength is five and normal being normal for that person 
and normal being it is comparable to the other side that you are testing so that is the easiest way on how you could quantify the muscles and the muscle strength so earlier on i was talking to you about the muscles and its relationship to a joint right because normally when you're talking about muscles you can observe the strength through its effort on the joints so you would have some movements especially if those well muscles are there because you want them to move isn't it the muscles are there to move a section of the body there are two types actually of movement or two types of function that the muscles doing either to move a section of the body or to actually stabilize the section of the body okay so that's the strength so what are the things that we can assess in terms of strength the upper limbs definitely so we can do that because we can see and again you have to understand the movement okay of the muscles or the joints uh, for example elbow flexion for example if i have to flex my elbow or bend my elbow right what i am doing is i am if my forearm is in supine position i'm actually moving my biceps brachii okay muscle so that's the movement and that's the action of the biceps brachii so if i want to strengthen that you know i will have to get the arm moving in a supine position uh, but then there are different movements and there are some different uh, uh, kinematics as you might say it like that so if i try to bend the elbow with the forearm not in supine but in midway position yeah so what i am moving now is my brachioradialis muscle isn't that amazing so the brachioradialis muscle is what you'll be moving when the forearm is actually in mid uh, position now if i have to bend the elbow in a prone position then the muscle the prime mover there is the brachialis muscle all right and that is the you know the very simple thing so when we're doing some quick strength testing sometimes we get the person to brace their arm or tuck the elbow up in their body yeah that's what they do and then what we do as the examiner is we ask the person to to pull those arms against your resistance so the examiner is pulling the arm while the examinee is actually tucking the arms in so what are you testing here you're basically testing for the strength of the biceps brachii only okay so what happens if you want to test the strength of the extensor or when you're strength straightening the arm what are you testing you know with that straightening if you're isolating it and it's just the elbow straightening then you are testing for the strength of the triceps brachii triceps being there are three heads into it so regardless of the position you know of the arm whether it's in uh, supination midway or in pronation there is only one muscle that is straightening it and that is the a triceps which is at the back of the arm okay 
if I want to say abduct the arm and it's just pure abduction all the way to 90 degrees or from zero degrees when the arms is laid down then I lift it up yeah all the way to 90 degrees then that is the deltoids that I am testing if I move the arm forward up to 90 degrees deltoids muscle which is the anterior fibers of the deltoids if I do and extend it a bit then that would be the posterior fibers of the deltoid but then you would have other muscles acting on them as well okay so that's just a basic and a quick thing particular just we just talked about the arm and we talked about the elbow now what about the wrist okay so if you have the movers of the wrist if you get the person to extend the wrist what are you testing there so if extension it's like when you're doing a motor uh, bike you know when you're uh, revving up a motorcycle so you can have extensor so their extensor carpi radialis longus and brevis yeah so you would have that that would be uh, the prime mover for extensor of the wrist okay and you can also have the extensor carpi ulnaris as well but the the prime mover is really the extensor carpi radialis longus and brevis they're the ones now sometimes you get the person to extend the wrist and you can see that their hand is opening yeah perhaps the arm is weak or the the extensor carpi radialis is weak but you can see when the hand is opening you can see that it's the finger extensors that are actually doing the job so in other uh, words there, there is a compensation that's happening if i want to flex the wrist again it's like that it's flexor carpi ulnaris and flexor carpi radialis if i want to test for the strength of the flexor carpi ulnaris for example um, then then you know you get the arm to um, to adduct so flex and adduct at the same time so that's what you would do so it's very complex when it comes to in to complex joints because you're no longer testing individual muscles but what you're testing is the dynamics of all of those muscles working at the same time and and in synchrony with one another um, say for example you want uh, the, the, to test the fingers and you get the person to do a hook grasp for example you know where 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 the knuckles are straight and then the person just bends the uh, the uh, the proximal uh, ip joints you know it's just like uh, how do i do that so, you know in, in sign language it's like an e a sign of an e so if you're just bending so with the knuckles being straight and then you bend the fingers like when you're carrying a, a bag for example or or a uh, shopping bag a hook grasp so you're testing in there you are testing the um, flexor digitorum superficialis yeah but if you want the dip and you're going to check that dip distal phalanx for example then you and you're going to resist that then you are now testing the flexor digitorum profundus all right so it's a little bit complicated when you're doing that muscle testing particularly when the person is not very well or have developed a certain global weakness because global weakness meaning everything is all getting weak all at the same time so having to ch check for a strength 
is very difficult because you'll have to isolate individual muscles. Now, if the case is about, um, uh, let's say, peripheral nerve injuries, for example, or a fracture, then it is easy, or hands, that's easy to isolate because you can isolate those muscles. But what happens about the trunk, isn't it? Those stabilizers, that's hard to access when you are uh, improving or when you're dealing with somebody who's in critical care, for example, and you're testing the trunk and they sit down and they get slumped, you know, they slump, the person would sit down. So what are you testing? You would have extensor uh, muscles at the back, so you would have that. And there are many uh, extensor capitis, for example, that's for the neck, um, thoracic uh, extensor lumborum, you know, it's all of these muscles at the back. And it's very difficult to isolate them because they all work at the same time. So it's hard to quantify the strength of it. And it becomes a different case altogether. And in practice, you know, people would just describe a sitting balance. You know, they would, so it now becomes different because sitting balance is a different factor altogether. It's ability to maintain an upright posture against the resistance. And when you're maintaining an upright position, you might be talking about an upright position because of a person's ability to rely on the structures of the muscles or of the body. You know, I've seen spinal cord and I have done that. I've worked with spinal cord injured patients and they're standing without having any power on the legs. And that's because they're relying on the structures of the legs to, to, to lock into position. So those joints lock itself and that's it. They're standing. So it's not a strength actually. So slouching and then extending. So that's an action that, you know, the trunk can do. So this is now we're talking about some strengthening activities. Uh, and that's the challenge. Yeah. Again, it's a challenge. Is it strengthening or are you improving the, the core stability? Then that becomes a different concern. So um, if you're talking about the legs, so for example, the hip flexors, the iliopsoas muscle, so that's what that would do. Um, if you wanted to check for the knee extensors, or when you need that straightening, so the extensor is, is the quadriceps. So there are quad, meaning there are four big muscles uh, on the thigh, in the anterior part of the thigh. So that would be the one responsible. So you have the... Uh, uh, rectus femoris, yeah, you have the vastus lateralis, you have the vastus uh, intermedius, which is under the rectus femoris, and then to straighten the knee, the one that's responsible for actually locking that knee in place is the vastus medialis muscle, yeah, it's that tiny bit of muscle just above the knee, just medial, you know, Proximal and medial, just above the knee. And that's the vastus medialis muscle. Medial, okay? And and so when you're standing, so this is the problem now. And I see this in practice. When you are trying to stand the person, and when most therapists are standing the person, they try to stand them up from a sitting position all the way, you know, when they're an actual sitting position. And the act of standing, the act of sit to stand itself, there is a lot of effort that needed to be exerted from the rectus femoris muscle. 
And that's why it becomes very difficult. What you need to do is if you're retraining them, those strengths, you know, you need to actually start with a period of co-contraction, meaning get them to stand, assume the position, just let them stand. And it doesn't matter about the actual sit to stand. What's important is you get them sitting down on the bed. For example, just tip them a little bit forward, raise the bed as high as you can so that they do not have to exert as much effort. Uh, because as soon as a person is standing up, those muscles will activate itself. The entire leg muscles will activate itself. And then it will contribute to strengthening. Yeah. When you're strengthening, the muscles will first work on stability. Yeah. Just co-contract all at the same time. So that's what you need to do. And then these muscles will work on in an open kinematic chain, meaning... Uh, well, just look it up. Look at the terminology for an open kinematic chain. And then you can just put resistance. Now, with strengthening, the principle of strengthening is this. It is a single repetition, okay, or few repetition, constant repetition, but with increasing resistance, okay? So... I think I must have discussed this in my biomechanical frame of reference conversation. Just look it up on the, some of the previous uh, podcasts. So I think it's a biomechanical frame of reference. But uh, in, in essence, just that really. Um, okay, uh, that's uh, a, a quick chat and a quick talk about muscles. Uh, what else do we know? So we've talked about the... Uh, how to grade muscle strength in the simplest way uh, possible. I would call it the, um, uh, the, the easiest, the foolproof okay? uh, way of grading is 543210. Easy, okay? easy enough. Uh, but we'll talk about the complex one where there is two minus and there's three minus and there is two plus. That's more specific. Okay, which is much better in my uh, in my perspective, uh, but we'll go with the basic five, four, three, two, one, zero. So that's it. How you would quantify those strengths? Uh, just remember, when you're acting on muscles, you're test testing on individual muscles or muscle groups. So you have to know the actions of those muscles. It is different when you're testing on the, the limbs because they're open, you know, but you have, uh, you know, when they move, the limbs are moving, it's in an open kinematic chain. But then you have to factor in if they are sitting, uh, for example, some of those muscle stabilizers, for example, that is a different kettle of fish altogether, which will be difficult to assess. But sometimes people would refer to it as a sitting balance. Uh, rather than a sitting tolerance okay so just that really uh, and then when you are trying to strengthen the muscles you have to increase resistance okay with uh, the same repetition but with increasing resistance all right guys well thank you so much uh, for um, listening and paying attention to these slight uh, quick talk really it's just an overview of strength and I hope you learned a little something today. Uh, just listen to it again or read about it. You know, I'm not just saying this. I'm just t telling you all of these things from memory at the moment. But read about it. There is so much to learn. Remember, 
anatomy is a foundation for function and so as occupational therapists you need to learn about these things okay you cannot just uh, weasel your way out of it this is a foundation skill that you need to know so know every muscles here's a homework for you guys know the muscles know the movement of these muscles know the nerves that's uh, in, uh, influencing the movement of these muscles yeah and know the action of these muscles as well so um origin insertion doesn't really matter unless you are going to go and be very specific on muscle testing or unless you're doing some uh you're practicing on musculoskeletal medicine uh but if not uh, from a neuro perspective from a rehabilitation perspective from a critical care perspective uh on the aspect of uh, adjunctive therapy and on the aspect of enabling activities uh, and purposeful activity, you need to know the basic movement of muscles. Alright guys, thank you so much for paying attention. My name is Hao. I am your occupational therapist. Just remember, anything you do matters and has an outcome. Until next time, bye!